Hey, welcome to the Lyric House Church podcast. Our mission is to host a house for him. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our live service. Make sure to check out our Facebook page for details about upcoming events and information on our small groups that meet throughout the week. Thank you for being part of our broader community, and we hope you enjoy this podcast. is the hardest part. Mm. Okay. Fine. Everything is fine. <sighs> Hi, guys. How's everybody? Good. trying really hard, but I don't know if I can do it. I just can't, I just, this whole week, I've just been like, in this place of gratitude, and even in women's group, where we were talking about it in women's group, and it just, it's just been wrecking me all week, and I've just, every time I, I think I've got it together, like the Lord reminds me of something else, and um And as we go in, as we go into Acts three, um, we're going to be talking about um, the lame man that Peter and John met at the gate called Beautiful. And there's a bunch that I'm really excited to teach about, but um, I just feel like. I just want to talk about one specific part right now, and it's actually at the bottom of my of my notes, but I'm going to go there. Um, at this gate that this man was placed at was the it was the gate to the temple, and it was called the name of it was the beautiful gate because the this was the most magnificent. It was like 75 feet high, and it was made out of brass. You have to understand that most of the gates to the temple were made out of gold and silver. But this one was made out of brass, and this is the one that the lame man was set at. And so everybody that went in and out of the temple would have saw this man every day as he was begging for money. Which means Jesus would have saw this man as he walked in and out of the temple. <laughs> Which means this probably wasn't the first time that Peter saw this man or the other disciples as they went into the temple. And it really, really got me thinking of why didn't 
Why wasn't it Jesus that reached his hand out to this man? How often that we're praying and asking God for things and we don't see it. Or how often that we've, we've stood on promises that we know that he's promised us. And I don't know why it wasn't Jesus. I don't know why it was Peter and John. All I know it was now this man that was lame from birth is His story, his testimony is in probably almost most houses. And if we have the Bible app, he's in most, he's on most phones. And his story, his healing, he's with Jesus now because of that moment. And he didn't ask why Jesus didn't do it. He stood up and he walked and he went into the temple. Do you guys know it was about a year this time that we brought the kids up to pray over the kids? It was, I believe it was about last October that we brought Jalen and Hayden up and Sierra and Adam up. And we have our baby River here today as her first time at church. And Sierra and Adam are going to see their promise fulfilled. We don't know why it doesn't happen right when we think it should but this man didn't question why it took so long. He was just excited that it happened. <laughs> there was this time in women's group that I had, and I, I might have done it here, I don't remember, but, but I had everybody close their eyes. And I said, remember, or imagine if you were sitting in your promise that God has for you. Imagine what it would look like. What were you doing? Sit in your promise. I remember the promise that I had at that time because it had been about a year that the kids had been trying for the baby and we hadn't seen it. And so I remember my promise was holding River. I remember in my just imagining holding her and what that would look like. Pretty sure I had her right now. Where's Jade? Pretty sure I was holding her right here right now? No? No? Okay. <laughs> and I remember just holding her and thinking and just looking at her little face and thanking God for the promise that he was going to give me that seemed out of reach, that didn't seem like it was going to happen anytime soon. We didn't understand why it was taking so long. But here we are a year later walking in that promise. I don't know if any of that made sense, but just tell me it did. Thanks, guys. Okay, thanks. Okay. You have to help me. You have to open your eyes. Turn the music off, Hayden. We can't keep going. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> okay. 
All right. So remember how last week I said um, to invite somebody you didn't know to dinner or reach out to somebody that you had never really talked to? You guys didn't think I was going to hold you to it, did you? Did anybody do it? Shiloh, you did. Who'd you reach out to? Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yes, yes. Oh, Chelsea needs to share her testimony one day. We need to do that. Anybody else? You, you did. Who did you reach out to? Why am I scared? <laughs> what did you do? Oh. Yesterday, I said we gotta make dinner plans, right? Yeah. Still, did that happen? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But he reached out. That was the point. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, reached out to Kenny too. Yeah. Where's Kenny? I've had dinner with Kenny. Okay. Oh, good job, guys. <laughs> what are you laughing about? Oh. So it's like, he's going to see what he eats, she's going to. Yay. So fun. I'm there for the dinner, but. <laughs> oh, okay. You didn't do the thing. He woke up this morning. He's like, you know what I'm going to do? Oh, yeah, yeah. You do it. All right, we're doing that. Okay, do it. All right, everybody. <laughs> Everybody stand up and greet your neighbor. We're joking because that's last week we said, hey, we don't make you stand up and greet your neighbor right after you're in this really deep encounter with the Lord. So after, make sure that during the week that you're talking to people. And we're just so funny. <laughs> okay. Okay. You guys ready to learn? Good. Me too. <laughs> okay. We're going into Acts 3 this week, and the plan was to get through all of it. That's not going to happen. So um, we're going to just get started and see where we end up, okay? So everybody there, Acts 3? Yep. You want me to read it? Sure. I'll just, I'll read down to verse 4. How's that sound? Okay. One no. afternoon. Yeah, sure. No. no? Settle down. I have. Yeah. All right, I'll slow down. Okay, just one. Do one afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple. For the three o'clock prayer. The three o'clock prayer. Does anybody know what else that signifies? What else <laughs> happened at the three o'clock prayer? Anyone? You have to say the ninth hour. What well, happened the on ninth the ninth hour? What happened at the ninth hour? Yes. Jesus was crucified. Yeah. Who was right? Good job, Justin. <laughs> Good job, guys. Someone's reading their Bibles. Okay. Taking that one away from you. Okay. Acts 3. Acts 3. Um, well, it, I'm going to read out of King James right now. I'm right. reading out of ESV. All right. So, so verse 2. And a certain man, lame, from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple 
which is called beautiful. To ask Ames. Alms. Or Alms. Yeah, yeah Alms. That's really tiny. Sorry. I know. I'm starting to actually think I might need glasses. <laughs> do you want me to do it? That entered phone? into the temple. Okay. So I'm just going to go verse by verse and just teach on a couple no. things that I think are important to what we're learning. Do you want to look it up on your phone? Yeah, I will. Okay. I just, this one, I don't want to use the passion for this one. Um, so what's important to see here is that Peter and John are going into the temple. They're walking into the temple at the three, at the three o'clock or the ninth hour. Thanks, Sierra. Can we keep it for a minute? Yeah, yeah that's great. Um, this one is like, oh my goodness, it's really tiny. I used to be able to read that really yep, good. Not happening anymore. Okay, thanks for eyesight, Lord. Um, so it's important to understand just some, I'm going to go into just a little bit of details with every, with every um, passage that we go here. Now, Peter and John were going into the temple. Now, think about this, that whenever people went into the temple, there was three times a day that they went in. They would go in and sacrifice and they would offer prayer. But it's very specific that they're saying, now Peter and John are going to the temple at the hour of prayer. And so they're not they're not going back to what, what used to be. They're not going up to af- offer sacrifices. They know that Jesus has, has been the sacrifice, and so they're going up for prayer. This is what they still followed that um, part of their um, culture. It was still part of who they are. It's still imp- so it's important to see those details in this. And then as the man lame from birth was being carried and someone had brought them, I asked Jason, I said, who do you think brought him? Who brought him? What kind of friends and family does he have? Because he probably didn't have a wife and kids if he was lame his whole life. Um, who knows if his parents were still around? Who knew if he had family? Um, most likely it was those that, were, that they would bring him and drop him off and then even go into the temple and offer prayer or have prayer and sacrifice. And how many people that walked by him daily and how many people potentially brought him and left him there and the man was still lame? Also, alms, so all these words that we hear in the scripture and that, um, like we hear these words, but we don't really actually know what they are. Alms is not just money. And I think that we, I thought that in this scripture, that he was just asking for money. He's actually off, he's asking for anything, anything that you can give him. So anything, any, any money, any food, any, he's just in need. And he's asking alms, alms, because he's in need of something. And the people here, this culture, it was actually a law that you had to give to the poor. And so he was actually like probably doing really well at the gate because, you know, the religious people wanted to look very, um, yes, righteous and do what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they wanted to look like they were doing well in what they were doing, yet they were walking past this man every single day, giving him what they had and walking in to offer the sacrifice and the prayer. And so beautiful, this, the gate, the name, the word for um, what this... He was probably paying his friends to carry him up there if he was doing really well. He's like, bro, I got you. Just wait until you see what I get. <laughs> Maybe they weren't great friends. Um, and the Aramaic, the, the gate is actually called Wonderful. And so it's really cool that we sang that song today because the gate, beautiful, it's Greek, is beautiful, and Aramaic is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. 
And like I said earlier, it was, it's, it was 70 foot, 75 feet high made of brass. And so it was, it was this really beautiful, just imagine, ornate, um, I believe it was the east entrance to the temple. And it was the favored temple because it was the, the biggest, the most beautiful. And all of the other were actually made of gold and silver. Um, I think what really stood out to me about this gate, though, is is how symbolic it is of Jesus, how, how it was made and it was ornate and it was big and it was wonderful when all the other ones were, were, were not as beautiful, that this is the only way to God, that this was the only way to the kingdom. And I felt like it was just this like um, kind of parable or, or um, maybe prophetic vision into what God was doing with this scripture. Okay, you ready to go to three? It can also be uh, interpreted as the beautiful gate of a new blossom or something like that. That's what I was reading. Like a new blossoming. Like a new beginning? Yeah. 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 Verse three says, Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms for, and Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. Just imagine, like, look at us. Like, I feel like it was just really, like, they were really serious about it. Look at us. They weren't like, hey, come here, look at me. They were like, look at us. And that word, look at us, in the, in the Greek is blepo, to discover by use, to know by experience, to discern or to have the power of seeing. He wasn't just saying, hey, look at me. He was like, he was making a statement. He was like, look at me. I have something to tell you. Um... It's so interesting to me. Like, I love this scripture, and I think this is probably how most people see this scripture, but I was just thinking about how the man looked at them because he was like, oh, good, they're going to give me something. Like, he got their attention. You know how, like, when you drive by the homeless, you don't, you don't, like, don't make eye contact because then you feel guilty for not giving them? Come on, don't pretend like you guys don't do it. You're just like, don't look at them, don't look. Kids, don't look, because then if you make eye contact, you have to give them something. Right. Give them something, guys. Jeez. Um, if you ride around with Jason, he's going to hop out of the car and, like, hang out with him for the day and pray with him, and you'll get nothing done. But I haven't done that for a while. It has been a while. You don't really go out to the middle of the city very often anymore either. I guess you do. I don't know. Anyway. Um, Peter knew the good news. Yeah, he did. Tell us about it. <laughs> Peter said, look at us. Yeah. And then he said, what I have to give to you. And in the name of the Jesus, be healed. Peter knew who he was and what was in him. He knew that he knew who he was. And when you know that you know who you are and what you have in you, you can boldly declare a statement like that. And then watch it come forth. It's not pride. It's not arrogance. It's confidence in knowing who you are. You're right standing with the Father as a son. Yeah. So when he looked at him and he, he expected... 
he expected them for that he looked up at him and he had this expectation started making me think about how many of us how many people how many of of us have this expectation with God that when our prayers are God I just need the electric bill paid this month but how how we're really doing such a disservice by not having any faith in who he is of course he's going to pay the electric bill this month like why would he's not going to like he's never let us down he's not about to start now and how how little we have faith and how little power we understand that we have i read this quote um that i wanted to share with you let me i want to mention real quick though so often that we now he's looking to the men coming in because he knows that they're going to give him something it's not it's not he he does he has no idea what they have he has no idea the power and authority that they carry he all he's worried about is what he needs his 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 these felt needs that are yes they're important but how often we as people do that with the church as a whole i mean we have people that will call the coffee shop i think i've told you guys this before that will call the coffee shop and um they'll just be like, I heard you have a church. Can I, um, I need some money. <laughs> and um, how, when I was, as, as a kid, I was raised to understand that the church is what, like, that's who gave you money. That we were, and so often that is what the church is. You know, like, they'll entice you, they'll have, they'll, they'll, they'll have donuts and be like, well, have, we have donuts and coffee, come in and, and, and praise the Lord with us. Who cares about donuts and coffee? Like, what is that going to do? And that's what, I felt like this is exactly what was happening with every, every, a religious person that was walking by him was offering him donuts and coffee. And, and it was like there was nothing getting done. There was nothing that changed him. There was nothing that was going to bring him into, into the kingdom with God because they didn't understand it. And in this quote, it says, It's not the church's business in this world to simply make the present condition more bearable. The task of the church is to release here on earth the redemptive work of God in Christ. And it wasn't until Peter and John stopped and gave him and offered him something that nobody else ever had that his life was changed. And I think that we need to, we, we as the church have to remember that. Okay, moving on. Five, and he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And I love how his whole eternity was based on this very, very moment that these men understood that even if they had, like, even if they had the money, which they probably did, I would assume that they did, they... They, that wasn't what they were interested in at all. In fact, they didn't even say to him, do you know Jesus? Let me tell you about Jesus. Do you need healing? They just said, stand up and walk. Like there was no playing around with these dudes. They knew exactly who they were. And I feel like that was um, very much a gift from God, even for, for Peter. I'm like this was Peter who just denied Jesus. Like he, we know he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's a different man now. But what faith it would look like Imagine, guys, imagine going into, imagine going into Walmart, sorry, kids, imagine going into Walmart and seeing a lame, a lame beggar standing on the side of the road or standing there begging for money and you were just like, stand up and walk and you took his hand. 
You don't see, like, normally we would get down, we would pray for him and be like, can I pray for you? And we'd put our hands on it, and we'd be very super spiritual, and then we'd end up giving him money if we didn't see him walk. But how powerful that this had to have been for them just to say, look at me, get up, walk. And how that was a gift from God for Peter even. It was, I feel like even God was confirming something in Peter in that moment. And if you hear, I love little details like this, when he says, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. You have to understand, Nazareth was a joke. Like, they were making fun of him at the crucifixion when Jesus was there. Being from, from Nazareth was, um, like, they were, they were making fun of it. They were using it as against him. And this is like Peter waving it as a banner, like, yeah, it was Jesus. From Nazareth, you know, the one. And he was just, Peter was just really proud of that. And I just see, like, this this beautiful friendship that he was like, even then just making sure that everybody, hi there. <laughs> everybody was, um, he was just making sure that everybody knew, that everybody's seen it. You guys catch that? And seven said, and he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with him, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, 10, and recognized him as one who sat on the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And here we keep going. So Peter's, Peter recognizes that it wasn't the miracle that made this man walk. It was Jesus. And so how important that he knew that, hey, you guys can't just see this man stand up and walk. I have to tell you, we can't just be, we can't just go out and, and go see this, see the lame man at Walmart get saved and have him stand up and, and be excited. Like it's about now knowing Jesus. Like it's not just about signs and wonders. We have to be able to walk out and show who it was that did it, because Peter, Peter knew it wasn't him. Peter didn't take any credit for it, and he knew that it was Jesus that, did, that, that healed this man. Commentary? No, okay. And 11 said, while he clung to Peter and John. I love that. Like, the man could walk now. He could stand. He could walk, but he clung to them. All the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. Something interesting I read about this was this was actually from um, Herod the Great when he rebuilt the temple. He actually built this portico. It's like a little porch, and it was actually to try to win the heart of the Jewish people. Um, it was very, I mean, he wasn't doing it to be nice. He was trying to, like, win them over is what he was trying to do. And 12, and when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us? Although by our own power, we have made him walk. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate. When he had decided to release him, but you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. This, to this, we are witnesses. So what he's saying here, you know that the religious people, the very ones that came against Jesus, the very ones that 
that had him crucified were probably in the temple at this hour. Like this is all that everyone that knew people, every, like all the big wigs, all the names, this is the hour of, of prayer. Like, of course they had to be there. So they're witnessing this first miracle that we see after the Holy Spirit comes. It's the first miracle. So the, it, it hadn't been broken out. We hadn't seen this yet. And so they're seeing this lame man and they're seeing, and Peter's saying, hey, it wasn't me. It was Jesus. It was the Jesus that you crucified. It was the Jesus that you shouted out free Barabbas whenever he was standing um, up here. And he was, he's wanting them to know, look, look, this was Jesus. This is what, this is what you guys chose to do. And I think one of my favorite parts about this is how, how Peter is um, making sure that they understand who it was. Like, he's not trying to be like, uh, here, what did you, um, did you stand, stand up real good? I'm going to take a selfie with you. I'm going to post it on Facebook. Say cheese. Make a video. And he didn't, he didn't um, tag his, you know, like, uh, Apostle Peter Ministries, you know, like he wasn't worried about building a name for himself. He wasn't worried about building something so that people knew that it was him. All he cared about was preaching Jesus. And his name by faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man perfect health in the presence of you all. Not even, Peter's not taking any credit. He's saying it's Jesus. And 17 says, and now brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance as you did, as also did your rulers, but what God foretold by the mouth of all prophets that Christ would suffer, thus he fulfilled. Peter called them brothers. The very men that he, when they watched Jesus be crucified, the very men that they seen Jesus be on trial against, the very ones that he, they seen speak against him and lie about him, they call, he called them brothers. That reminds me also of Jesus with when Judas came to him in the garden and he said, do what you came for, brother. Do what you came for, friend. How Peter is so different. And I feel like the only reason that Peter can call them brother and the only reason that Peter can walk like this is because he himself had denied Jesus. Yeah. He himself walked through it and he himself came to this repentant place of Jesus, I'm sorry. He knew that it wasn't there. He knew that they just didn't understand. He knew that they just they hadn't seen it. They didn't get it. It was done out of ignorance. And so Peter says, repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Something really cool about that is we, we see that, that your sins may be blotted out, but you have to understand back in that culture, whenever you would write on paper or whatever they would write on, it didn't saturate through. Like today, if you write on a piece of paper, it's permanent. You're not going to be able to wipe it off. Back then, they could wipe off all ink. You could just wipe it off with, with a rag and with water. And so they knew what he was saying, that he's literally saying that he may wipe your slate clean, that he may rewrite your history, that although you were one that shouted free Barabbas, he can clean that, he can wipe that away for you. Yeah. And 20 says that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that may, he may send the Christ appointed for you. 21 says, whom heaven must receive until the time of restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. I love how he had every chance to 
preach hellfire and brimstone. He had every chance to tell them how bad they were, but he preached hope. And he said, listen, this is what was taught to you guys long ago. In 22, it says, Moses said, the Lord will get, the Lord God will raise up for a prophet like me and from your brothers. You shall listen to him and whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. 24, and all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaim these days. 25, you are the sons of the prophet and of the covenant that God made with your father, saying to Abraham, and in your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God have raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. What he's doing, and they would have known this, guys. This is, he's record, this is a prophecy or word spoken in Deuteronomy in 18. You can look at, write it down. You can look it up later. But this was what was being spoken of what was to come. And they would have known that as he was preaching, as he was teaching this, they would have understood what this was being talked about. So everywhere that Peter was going, this isn't the first time. Remember when he preached his first sermon, like he takes it full circle. Like, listen, guys, this is what you've been waiting for. This was the Messiah. And he's coming back, he's coming back full circle and showing them that this is who it was, that this isn't, it's not Peter, it's not John, it's not, they're not some great prophets, he's showing them, he's preaching Jesus. Also how they, how, and we know that like the Jews expected a, a great political ruler, right? You guys remember that? They expected somebody mighty and, and somebody that would, t you know, take back their land for them and how he's showing them that this was the Messiah that you wanted in a certain way, but he came as this, this, this gentle lamb. But how, look what he's doing now. Look what he's still doing. Although he's not in the grave anymore, he's alive, and look what he's still doing. What thing? You have any input? I keep just talking. We're supposed to be teaching together, and I always just take over. She's doing great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, run with it. I did. I ran with it. Keep running. <laughs> was anybody at, at, at a family camp? <laughs> he was like, okay, your turn. <laughs> That's what I have to remind myself to do. No, seriously, your turn. Now he's on the spot. <sighs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, that's good. Rest in Christ. That's what we were talking about yesterday in men's group. We, we started talking about our authority and the authority that we carry and what that looks like and, and where that comes from. And I'd actually, I told the men, you know, I, I'm sorry, I have to apologize because I had this, uh, I feel like I had this distorted and I feel like God's showing me something new. And our authority comes from our identity in Christ, but it actually comes out of our submission to the Holy Spirit and being submitted to him. And I was missing that. And it's just something I gathered a couple days ago, and I was like, wow. 
you know, that just really is a nugget that that has really stuck out to me and being submitted to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit says move, you move, just like Peter did, you know, just right right here in this story, you know, he moved. I mean, maybe maybe the Holy Spirit didn't talk for the however many years about this beggar that was sitting there. And then in this moment, it was like, he's ready, you know, move. There he is. Go talk to him. Rise up and walk. He gets up and he walks. But they were submitted to the Holy Spirit. So they were listening. They were obedient. And then the Holy Spirit flows through. They walk in that authority. He rises up and he walks. Because we're all fully loaded. We have the fullness inside of us. But are we fully submitted to the Holy Spirit? And I think sometimes that doesn't just come um, maybe naturally. I think sometimes it comes through walking with the Lord. It comes through... Um, yeah, that's what we were talking about yesterday. I mean, baby steps. Some of us are new believers. Some of us have just been in this, you know, months, years. But it's exercise. And, he's, and the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He starts off simple. So just, I would just want to encourage you to be obedient when you hear him prompting you. You know, just begin to step out. And as you do, it's just like exercise and you're going to build the muscle. I'm sorry? Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think so often that we forget about it. Like we pray and we believe and then God does it. And then like we were obedient and we we did what he asked us to do, even though it was hard. And then it happens and we forget, like, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we forget how much we wanted that and believe for that and expected like sat in expectancy. And then it happens and we're, we've already moved on to the next thing that we're in need of. I remember we were at the, um, Bates city house. And I remember they're going through a trial because people go through trials all the time. Right. Never just, Side so note, if you didn't trials know. Trials and tribulations are exercise. Yep, yep, yeah. And I remember I was. Oh, thanks. I remember I was just brushing my hair. I remember cleared as day. And we were on, this is also about the time that we had just found the Lord. Like, so I was brand new to hearing things. And um, I remember brushing my, and I was so excited to 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 work for the Lord and do, like, be used by the Lord and um, find my purpose and tell everybody about him. And I was this brand new, like, uh, and I was on fire. And I remember, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Adam. And I remember saying, you know, like, God, I, I'll do anything. We're, just send us anywhere. and <laughs> Except for hospitality. No, <laughs> just joking. I, I remember just being on fire. What? Oh, yeah, I was like, I'll make coffee, guys. Let's just let me make the coffee. Can I bring donuts? And Melissa's like, settle down. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> we started. I think I was like, what else can I do? Can we start, can we start a whole thing? I want to start a whole new small gr- I don't remember what I want to do. I want to do something. Anyway, um, I remember just clear as day, the Lord, the Lord was like, everything that you've walked through, I will use through you. And... 
would he, I at the moment thought, oh, that's so cool. Like being a teen mom and getting married early. And because I thought he was talking about like our circumstances that, that we walk through, he was going to like, we were going to be able to like lead other people through that. And we were going to be able to teach people through that. And as I was putting this together, I remember that he had said that. And I realized like he wasn't really necessarily talking about any of the, um, necessarily the try he wasn't talking about that because I was a teen mom that I would get to minister to teen moms he was talking and is continuously talking about how every trial every everything that we walk through every every good every bad thing is teaching us more and more who he is and who, what his kingdom looks like and what faith is and what it looks like to to lean on not on our understanding and what it means to fall in love with this man that there was no reason for him to do what he did does that make sense yeah yeah. it wasn't just about being used by god and, and being known by and and having a purpose it's 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 what he was talking about was growing me and building inside of me what I desperately wanted. I just didn't know that I needed it. Yeah. So, yeah, we just had this gratitude on my heart. And so just thinking back, because I had a dream last night about one of our old houses and how when we were kids and Jason was working like 4.30 in the morning until like 7 o'clock at night, and we had zero money, although we never seen him. And we had, the carpet in our house was like 30 years old or something really gross, and I really wanted new carpet. And we got new carpet, and then we sold the house. You know how that goes. <laughs> and just we were just kind of, I was just thinking about that house and how um, and that home, we said, God, like, we didn't even really know the Lord that, then, but we prayed and we said, God, we want to be able to, I want to see my husband. We, we want to do something together. Can you use us in a manner that we can do something together so we can be, spend more time together? And how um, everything that we would have, like, everything we would have wanted we have today and I'm not just talking about like monetary like our relationship our children everything that we believe for and we wanted that we're walking in today and then I it was it's been about a year since Blake got Amanda since Blake got bit hadn't it yeah and I remember just like the the um the desperation like is he going to be okay is he going to have scars which he has scars but do you even like see him I mean they look amazing don't they yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for the ladies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Battle wounds. Yep. Yeah. So I and I don't. This scripture it really has just done that for me this week. Like it's just brought me in this place of gratitude. Of yes, how thankful this man would be to be healed. Yeah. Yes, how thankful that absolutely that he gets to walk now. But how that when Jesus did pass him by, that when the time came that Peter reached his hand out and offered him something that couldn't pay for anything about how it's changed his life forever. 
and about how often he must have wondered what would it be like to be able to walk, what, it, what would it be like to be able to run, and how the first place that he got to run into was the temple to offer a prayer. Yeah. I was talking to, and I'm going to wrap this up, unless you have something else. No, I was talking to, to a friend of mine. Um, her name's Tiffany. All the cool people are named Tiffany. And um, she sent me this text. She said, being a forerunner, and this is for all of us, guys. It says being a forerunner is hard because you've seen it, you've heard it, and you're ready for it. And she said, I wanted to encourage you with these verses. And she sent Habakkuk 2, 3, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. This is actually the verse that, I, that three different people have given me that have, like, that, I mean, yes, we're believing for things, but how, and like, timely it is for us and how timely it is for people to randomly just send this one verse. And then she finished it up with saying, and don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds for the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. It's Galatians 6, 9 in the Passion. And that's what I felt like the Lord is saying. And I know last week I really felt during worship that there was somebody that was just like, I give up. I can't keep praying for this. I can't keep doing this. I can't keep believing for this. And the Lord has just kind of set this precedence in me all week, especially while studying this scripture and studying um, this time period of, of the gate beautiful and what it represents and how the Lord is saying, you know, like, you've just begun. Like, don't stop now. Like, don't stop now. Keep, don't grow weary. Don't get disheartened. Like, Press in right now, because right now is when the breakthrough happens. And then it's just had me wrecked for everything that he's done and everything that he's going to do and everything that he says. And it, you know what it makes it, you know when you have that revelation, when you realize God is who he says he is, when you really truly realize it, I, I never would have understood that if I wouldn't have walked through what we've walked through. I wouldn't have understood it. I wouldn't have been able to trust him for the things now if I wouldn't have had those moments of, God, are you ever going to do it? And so now it's easy to just to sit back and pray for and wait for our building. Like, yes, we pray for it, but we're not like, there's not even anything in me that's worried about it. It's like, yeah, he'll do it. But that comes from a history of knowing Jesus. It comes from having to wait on him Learning and trust him. And rest. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Anything else? Can we just go back into worship for another hour? I don't feel like I've been okay. Not okay. <laughs> Anything else? Yeah. All right. Father, we just love you. We thank you for everything, Lord. We thank you for your written word that we get to have and to hold and to dive into and to seek you. We thank you for giving us the choice to choose to seek you, to seek you out, to find you, to build relationship with you, to have you, to hold you, to have you to hold us. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us and comforting us. We thank you for always being there. We thank you that you never left us. We thank you for this amazing, exciting relationship, the trials, the tribulations. We thank you for the faith, and the perseverance, this exciting life that we get to live with you as one, as a son. 
with his Father, enjoying every moment. <laughs> I thank you for the crazy times, God. The times where it gets down to those moments to you're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Because without those, it wouldn't be as exciting as it is. We thank you for those, Lord. We thank you. We just thank you, Lord. You're mighty, you're good, you're kind, gracious. Father, we don't place our attention on the trials. We love you. We don't focus on the trials or the hard parts, God. We look at you. We thank you, Lord. We don't look at the waves, God. We look at your face. Yeah. And with joy and expectation and excitement, yes, Father. We just walk on the water. We say, have your you. way. Where are you going, Lord? Because that's where we're going. We rise up and we walk on the water with you. God, we look at you and we know that everything that we're we praying for. We boat with you. Everything that we're believing for, God, you've already done it. You've yeah. made a way. Yeah. You're in it. Father, because you're for us. So, Jesus, in the meantime, we, rave, we raise the banner. Hmm. Yeah. Can't stop, won't stop. Hmm. Just for you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. <sighs> so, as we leave today, we are full of gratitude, God. Yeah. Gratitude of all that you've done and all that you will do. Jesus, we're thankful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that gratitude is our attitude that just spills forth in everything that we do. Jesus. I thank you that we go out of these doors through our week with this attitude of gratitude. Just being fully persuaded in thanksgiving unto you, focused on you, taking every thought captive and bringing it back to you. Resting in your obedience. Resting in who we are in you and who you are in us. Living a life fully submitted to your spirit. And when you say to move, we move. Being fully persuaded by you. Taking our eyes off the world and the things the world has to offer. And resting on our eyes on you. Thank you, Lord. What a great week it's going to be. What a great life we have yeah. with you. Yes, we love you, Lord. <sighs> Amen. Amen.